Welcome to uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. I'll be here until 11 today, as usual. We began this morning with a conversation with uh, Senator Chapin Rose. He is here in the studio with me regarding a plan that he has, along with others, uh, to increase our in-state opportunities for college-bound students instead of losing good students to colleges and universities in other states. Then uh, after that, we'll go on an open line the rest of the way where sports-related stories uh, are in the headlines. And as you've heard about the uh, basketball corruption uh, scandal, uh, that's uh, one thing. And the Northwestern uh, team has decided they're going to enter the Wisconsin Stadium on Saturday with locked arms, making their own statements. So just like the NFL teams have uh, done this past weekend, and then there's a lot of uh, uh, interesting uh, stuff coming out of uh, Washington with uh, the election last night down in Alabama and uh, the fact that uh, U.S. Defense Secretary James Mattis uh, arrived at the Kabul airport to be greeted by rockets and grenades right after he landed. So we got a lot of things to talk about there, but I'm very pleased to have Chapin Rhodes here. We talked to him on the phone lots of times, but uh, Chapin... Uh, Nice of you to come over. Appreciate it. Good to see you. Yeah. Morning, everybody. And uh, we appreciate uh, questions if you have any. This is a very, very uh, interesting uh, topic that we're going to be on and something that affects a lot of people, especially in a town like this with the the University of Illinois. And higher education is the the issue. And uh, Chapin is going to tell us all about uh, working on a plan to increase the in-state opportunities for these college-bound students. Uh, where shall we start? Uh, first of all, uh, this is not a bill yet, is it? Or, or yeah, is it's it? actually going to be filed today. Filed today. Yep. Okay. So, but it's also meant to start a conversation. This is not meant to be a final product. That's for sure. Um, what uh, prompted this? What made you uh, think that uh, something needed to be done? I think a lot of people say that's a silly question because we all know a lot of things right. need to be done. Well, you know. Uh, Going back to, say, 2007, the state of Illinois undertook a public agenda, and that was meant to be a response to the changing dynamics in higher education. Uh, the fact that you had online learning at the time was becoming of age. Now it is now it is very much a mature model. Uh, the fact that high school kids coming out of high school had had dual enrollment and sometimes are coming out with... Uh, um, you know, a full semester or even a, a full year's worth of college credit before they ever graduate high school. The fact that uh, uh, community colleges uh, have come of age. And so, um, <clears throat> and also the fact that you had declining enrollments. And everybody kind of looks at today and says, well, the budget debacle, which obviously did not help higher education in this state. But if you look at the facts, in the 25 years preceding the budget debacle, uh, this state lost 50,000 total enrollees 
in our public higher education system. Fifty thousand. That's that's a lot of a, a lot of students that are gone since the nineteen sixties. Uh, we've been the second largest outmigrator of students in the nation. In other words, students that leave for other states. And there's been some data on that that shows uh, uh, that that shows that the students who tend to leave tend to be the sort of the best and the brightest, if you will. And they end up getting cherry picked uh, primarily by our surrounding states, but but not always. So this has been a theme of mine for a long time. And about five years ago, I, I asked uh, one of the legislative units to study the number of low enrollment programs, because obviously if we're, we're floating a lot of programs that there's no demand for, that just drives up tuition costs for everybody else and makes it more expensive for students and their families. So this has been going on for a while. Um, clearly launching something like this during the budget debate was, was not the right time because we needed to finish that debate. Um, we also had the K-12 funding debate going on. But now that those are behind us, it's time to do this. And, and there's a lot of components to it not designed to be the end-all be-all, designed to start a conversation, start a dialogue. Uh, any inputs, welcome. Any constructive criticism is welcome. Um, and again, I, I think it's about sort of realizing that the entire higher educational marketplace is, has changed dramatically in the last 20 years. So uh, let's uh, just begin with uh, some of the changes that you would like to see make. Uh, sure. Uh, what's, uh, what's in that, Bill? I know you're going to ask the... Uh, the Board of Education to do a lot of things. We can get to that in a moment. But uh, in the bill itself, uh, let's say I've uh, got somebody that uh, wants to, uh, uh, they're about ready, they're in high school, they're about ready to uh, send out their applications, et cetera, et cetera. What could make it easier and more attractive uh, for the uh, state schools? Yeah, I guess so that's, uh, that's uh, one of the goals. So let's start with something simple that we, we should be doing already. Why don't we have a single common application for high school students, no matter where they live in Illinois, for all our public universities? Yay. Simple common app. <laughs> um, now, before I get credit for this, I'm going to give credit to Jim Ayers, uh, Parkland College trustee. He called me up, uh, I don't know, about a year ago or so and said, hey, why don't we, why don't we do this? Why don't we have some, some check-the-box easy place to go that puts all the information out there? So we've included a common app in this. And, and by the way, some institutions in the private marketplace are already using a, a, a common app. Uh, but there's only a handful of our public institutions that subscribe to that common app. So one easy thing for families, for students, let's just have a one place, one stop shop, fill out one application, click the box, everybody's involved, you know, and that will, that will, I mean, you might know, uh, you might be sitting in the south suburbs of Chicago and never know that the perfect program for you is in Carbondale, for example. You might be sitting in Carbondale and not know the perfect program for you is at uh, Westerner University's Rock, uh, uh, Rock Island campus. So, you know, having that common app and, you know, it really gives a chance for the universities to get to know students and for students to get to know the universities. That's and, just one, one, and, one thing. Uh, yeah. uh, that, that's the first one that, uh, that I noticed. And the, the second one, uh, just let me uh, read it and uh, let you comment on it. Any high school student with a grade of B or better will qualify for automatic admission to an academically appropriate public university if they maintain their B average through graduation. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean if uh, somebody has a B average that they, they are automatically in the University of Illinois? No, and first of all, let's say easier said than done. And again, this is part of a conversation, not a final product. But the thought process here is if you're a good student, and we know you're a good student, then there's got to be a place in public higher education for you in Illinois. Now, now let's, let's, let's think about that first of all. 
we have an overcapacity. We have an oversupply of higher ed right now. You've lost 50,000 students over, you know, before, before the budget debate ever began, before the budget stalemate ever began. During the same time period, those same 25 years, uh, U of I Springfield, SIU Edwardsville, uh, Governor's State, Northeastern University, all became, went from two-year to four-year schools. They went from commuter campuses to residential campuses. In fact, Northeastern just opened their first dormitories in the last two years. During that same time period, other schools like Eastern closed dormitories. So there's a, there's a glut of capacity out there for this. But, again, easier said than done, but the thought process is with the, with the Common App, you fill out your app uh, if you want to go to college, we will find a place for you in Illinois. Now, that doesn't mean you get your first choice. It doesn't mean if you've got a, 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 a you know, um, not a very good ACT score and barely made it to the B level, you're going to be automatically admitted to the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. But there's plenty of universities in this state that you would be a perfect fit for. So I think the key phrase there was academically appropriate. We will find a university for you that's academically appropriate. That means what's your interest? What is it you want to study? But also, you know, is it the right fit for you academically based upon your, you know, your high school uh, endeavors? Again, I acknowledge this is easier said than done. This is the beginning of a conversation. But it, it's about repositioning higher ed. And we'll get to some other things that I, I think higher ed, you know, is, is maybe going to be a little uneasy about but needs to happen. Um, but we need to provide an easy one-stop shop, first of all, for students and their families and make this as you know, point-and-click easy as possible, frankly. So you would have uh, one application, and uh, would, you have, would it be the, uh, the same? Uh, who would be looking at these applications then? Yeah, so the thought would, uh, would process. Would a, 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 a one central uh, committee or one central group? Yeah, so the thought process is you'd fill out one app, and then that would be forwarded to all 12 campuses. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Uh, but obviously with the B admittance, you know, if that were to become law, then we would have to work with the IBHE and the universities to figure out how we're going to apportion those students to make sure we, we don't overfill, uh, but also make sure that they have a seat. Um, I, I, I can tell you this, um, you know, another neat piece about this with the community college system, you know, the 51st Senate District obviously represents Champaign County here, a big chunk of it, but also represents Macon County. There are 500 jobs in Macon County right now that they can't fill good jobs with benefits because you have a, don't have the, skilled, the skills necessary within the applicant pool to take those jobs. Okay, These are good jobs, high-paying jobs with benefits. The nice thing about this common app and this process is if you get past a B average or even if you get past a B minus and maybe you're not academically appropriate for one of the four years, we're going to work with you to get to the community colleges and, and get, our, get you in the community college system. Again, if this is what you want, Let's be honest, higher education is not for everybody in terms of a four-year degree. But there's a lot of people, and I think that this gets back to some of the changes that are going on in the K-12 system, too, a realization that every kid is not and probably shouldn't be college-bound. And But um, if you look at where some of the best jobs are right now, they're, frankly, they're two-year degree you know, certificate programs. Um, and I know that may be somewhat of a shock to this community, but when you look around the rest of the 51st Senate District, uh, I can go to Shelbyville and tell you where there's good jobs in Shelbyville that they're looking for somebody who doesn't have a four-year degree. They want somebody who has some trade skills and can be an electrician. And we've gotten very much away in this country and in this state from vocational programming. Um, and that has a very antiquated view of what vocational is. Today's vocational is 
is computer oriented. It is high tech, and you need a very trained and skilled individual for uh, you know the higher end jobs at, at uh, an ADM, for example, or a Caterpillar, for example, in indicator. Okay, you could have a great life. You have a great career. You're gonna have st- stability. You're gonna be able to put food on the table and feed your family. Uh, but you don't necessarily need a four year degree for it. But you do need some skills. And it's skills that aren't coming out. You're not getting necessarily coming out of, at, of high school these days. So part of this is also aimed at, at realizing that our community colleges represent a great opportunity to interface into those, that set of demand out there. Um, well, in a do, let me just yeah. uh, insert here that uh, out of the Parkland College, they've got a, a uh, an arrangement with the University of Illinois where you can enter uh, Parkland and uh, go there for uh, two years and uh, I think uh, be automatically admitted to the University of Illinois if you prefer four over the, the two that you just described. Correct. And, and you know, let's talk about, so let's go back on to the sort of the, the college-bound kids for a minute here. We, as mentioned, we've been a, a net out-migrator of students since the 1960s. We get cherry-picked every day. Last week I was in Paris, Illinois at the Rotary Club. And a lady asked a question, you know, my daughter, um, you know, is looking at colleges. Um, Eastern is 20 minutes away in Charleston, but she's getting a better price (laughs) to go across state lines, either to Indiana State or to, um, uh, uh, you know, Murray State or some other place. Well, you know, they're not coming in and offering those those, you know, sweetheart packages to see students. You know, they're cherry picking our best and our brightest. One thing that Illinois needs to revisit, and, and I'm not here to have all the answers, I tell you that much, but we don't have any merit-based aid program for the middle-class kid that doesn't qualify for any kind of federal or state subsidy that's low income, but does have a very high GPA and a very high ACT or SAT score. And as a consequence, the surrounding states are coming in and just grabbing them. We'll, we'll cut your tuition in half. It's cheaper than going to Illinois. Uh, you, know, you know, hey, you got in Urbana, but we can do it cheaper here at Michigan State. And um, I can tell you that is that is a significant, significant problem we have in filling uh, seats in this in this state. Um, and so one focus, and look, there's a, a lot of arrows in this quiver, but the, the fact of the matter is no single one is going to reverse this. And with online distance learning, there are certain market dynamics that are never going to change. Um, dual credit coming out. But something that we could do is help those middle-class kids stay in Illinois. And if you look at the statistics on losing them, I think we were talking about this earlier, you know, they did a study back in what, the early 2000s on just a single class uh, of students that went out of state and how much potential lost tax revenue that represented to the taxpayers by those folks not coming back. Yeah, I've got it right here. In uh, the year 2000, Illinois lost 4,700 students to other states an equivalent, an estimated lifetime loss of income of $776 million in tax revenue to the state. Yeah. This is according to a report of uh, estimating the economic impact of college student migration from uh, Illinois. And that's just uh, one year, and that was uh, several years ago. Losing those best and brightest with it getting cherry-picked has a definite economic impact on us. And, you know, and so, again, what I'm trying to do here is – create a thoughtful, methodical starting point for conversation um, around some key points. Maybe we can get into some of the things that, that also need to happen from the taxpayer's perspective and also for some of our institutions like Urbana and ISU that are managing to grow their enrollments. Um, but 
right now across Illinois, you have 12 campuses and we have 12 of everything, all things to all people. Um, the demand is not there for 12 things of all things to all people. However, every campus has something they're really good at. And I've been on this show and this station many times deriding Chicago State University and some of the problems they have academically there. The fact is Chicago State also has a really good pharmacy school and we need pharmacists in the state. So, you know, I would re reject this notion that, that some have, and not me, but some have, that we should just sort of consolidate campuses, close campuses. That's very inefficient, very, very inefficient. Each campus is something they're really good at. What we need to instead is re rethink this, redesign this. And so what we're calling it is the Higher Education Strategic Centers of Excellence. Go in, figure out where our top eight of those 12 are, and start protecting those programs. I mean, you've got the crown jewel of the higher education fleet sitting here in Urbana, right? We all know that. You've got the University of Illinois, you've got the College of Engineering, the Sciences, the Business School, Ag, all that. Medical school is coming online. It's going to be awesome. The to, to make investments like open, there, there's been no traffic cop in terms of where our investments are in the last 30 years in this state. So to make investments in opening dormitories uh, at one school while you're closing dormitories at another school is a highly inefficient, highly inefficient. By the same token, to say that we're not going to protect a top-ranked engineering program, a top-ranked accounting program, a top-ranked science technology, wherever it is, uh, because we're going to underwrite 12 of everything doesn't make sense either. So even within systems, I mean, you know, even within the universal noise system, you know, they at one point or still have, I guess it's a board policy, have put an 82, $80.6 million marker on building a brand new STEM program at the U of I Springfield campus. Now that's not operational expenses. It'd be a capital expense. That's a different budget and all that. But look, why are we building a brand new STEM program in Springfield? When we have one at the right. here in Urbana. Exactly. And so part of what higher ed won't like about this, but it needs to happen, and I think privately most of the presidents, although they could never say it publicly, would agree, someone needs to be a traffic cop to say, whoa, 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 when you're losing 50,000 students, it's no time to go on a, on, you know, on a mission creep and an expansion tour. And um, again, you, you look at, during that same time pan, you've lost those students. You've got four campuses that went from two years to four years. You've got campuses that switched from uh, um, um, to residential when they were supposed to be commuter schools. Um, and again, the, the most recent residence halls up at Northeastern just opened the last year and a half. Um, but, but you have this glut of demand and, and students have, have, have left the system. So we need a bit of a redesign. I'm going to uh, break here for a, a quick uh, commercial or two and uh, invite you to, uh, if we've covered uh, quite a lot of uh, uh, material here, and a lot of it is uh, new, so maybe it'll take you a while to uh, digest it, but uh, if you have an, a question now for uh, Senator uh, Chapin Rose, call us at uh, 356-9397, or you can uh, text us a, a question or a comment at 3515357. We'll take a quick break and uh, come right back with uh, Senator Rose. We're back with uh, Senator uh, Chapin Rose. We're talking about higher education Legislators are working on a plan to increase the in-state opportunities for college-bound uh, students instead of losing good students to colleges and universities 
in uh, other states. Now you've uh, you've asked uh, a lot of people to uh, to uh, jump on the board here to to help with this. Uh, the Board of Education, uh, you've given them uh, uh, several things that they need to be doing. Maybe we can just cover a couple of those. Yeah, so uh, one important thing for the university themselves is budget stability. I mean, the last two and a half years speak to that. And um, so one of the things that the university has led on has been this idea of some sort of stable funding position. Um, we've asked in this bill, the Illinois Board of Higher Education, to essentially study that and make recommendations that we can provide a, a more comprehensive, long-term uh, budget uh, for our universities. That's very important to them so they don't guess wrong on tuition, right? Because the incentive there is in the mm -hmm. absence of, of certainty, you know, you could have tuition hikes. And so, um, I, I, you know, there's a lot of different things there. We've asked them to look at this merit-based aid notion. Again, that's designed to help us uh, protect our, um, keep, keep our best and our brightest in this state and sort of stem the loss from the cherry picking. But look, um, part of this too, and, and there has to be reality. Tim Colleen, the president of the University of Illinois, had me in, uh, again with the American Academy of Arts and Sciences. And you look at the fact that nationally, before any of this budget debacle here in Illinois happened, you know, there's all kinds of issues, but Medicaid is increasing. That's from the American Academy of Arts and Sciences. And frankly, pension costs across the states are going up. So uh, nationally, this is a huge issue. So one of the things that we looked at, and by the way, Illinois would not be alone in creating sort of this higher education strategic centers of excellence uh, concept, is to make certain campuses, designate certain campuses as this is what you're going to be good at and you're going to be great Okay, so Western, it's easy to think of, you know, law enforcement as, you know, one of the wonderful things they do at a Western. Uh, Illinois obviously is ag, but so does Western. You know, do we really need, you know, kind of 12 of everything in the state or do we need, you know, can, can we better prioritize that funding to our strengths? Um, you're always going to have a research one institution like Urbana that will try to be all things to all people. Okay, but. You're trying to, but that even, that mission, Urbana's mission, is being jeopardized by trying to be 12 things, to all, have 12 campuses of all things to all people. So what we really need to do is sit down and target and focus. And part of that is, and this is the part that higher ed is, I think, could have some uh, discomfort with, is finding out where our top-ranked programs are. I mean, it's easy for you and I to sit here and, and, and name off you know, engineering and science and business. And, and business at the U of I, but where's Northeastern's program? Are they one of our best programs? They probably are in some of these areas, okay? Where's Governor State at in some of these areas? You know, you talk about mission creep. We've expanded, expanded, expanded. Last year, there was a bill in the General Assembly uh, at Parkland was four, okay? And I'm not necessarily opposed to, but that would allow the, the four-year community, the two-year community colleges to begin at granting four-year nursing degrees, Okay. Well, where is the demand for that? Does every community college need a nursing program? What does that do to the existing nursing programs that we have already in the state of Illinois? And so I guess part of this concept here, and I guess it is, is to have the Board of Higher Education to make a determination of where our top eight programs are, and then let's start driving funding to protecting our strengths so that we, have, we maintain the excellent levels of higher education we've had rather than continue to subsidize 12 of everything. And again, I want to be very clear. There are some out there who think the last two and a half years means that you should just consolidate and close. I, I think that's a terrible idea. I think it's highly inefficient. I think it's wasteful of some great programs that are out there. But I do th absolutely think we can do a much, much better job of targeting 
both taxpayer funding, but also letting the students and their families know, hey, if you go here, you're getting a degree that's worth something because we know that program is one of the top programs in the state. And we don't want to be one of the top programs in the state. We want to be in the top programs in the country, right? That's the goal. But if we keep just sort of having no plan and just here's your allotment, here's your allotment, here's your allotment, mission creep, mission creep, mission creep, and there's nobody standing up there as a traffic cop saying, okay, we yes, we do need a new nursing program here. Or no, there's no market demand for that there. Um, here's something interesting in my conversation with the Board of Higher Education. You're going to have to, uh, sure. have to uh, hurry because uh, we're going to break for the news. And I want to mention this uh, this graph you have. This uh, this tells a little bit uh, about uh, everything. It's a, it's a simple little graph. It's uh, at the University of Illinois, the history of state funding versus tuition and fee revenues. And it goes from uh, fiscal year 05 up to fiscal year 15. And uh, you can see there that uh, the one graph, uh, which is the uh, tuition and the fee revenues, continues to uh, climb. And the other graph, which is uh, the state funding, is uh, pretty much uh, flat. Yeah, uh, this is from the Senate Democrats, actually, not the Republicans. From the Senate Democrats, before the budget debacle even began, the U of I lost $36 million in state support, 5.2%, but increased tuition $688 million, or 155%. So those are from the Senate Democrats. Again, though, why is that happening? We need to thoughtfully consider what we're going to do. And Missouri does this, by the way. Missouri has wonderful campuses, but they also have campuses that specialize. And if you're going to be a teacher, here are your, here are your options if you want to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't do it at all 12. Well, I'm going to let you go, uh, Chapin. Uh, this is a, a lot of material, and uh, you're going to have a bill. Uh, the, have, the bill has not been filed yet, but it's about to be, right? Should be the today. Uh-huh. And again, this is uh, I'm not. This is not a final product. This is the beginning of a conversation, and I, I would welcome any any constructive input from anyone. Okay. How do they uh, get to you? Just uh, you want them? Yeah. To you, if you're interested, you can call my office here in Champaign, six zero seven one eight five three. Uh, 607-1853 or you can go to our website sen, S-E-N, chapinrose.org and there's a little contact me button on there. Great. Great to see you and thanks for all the good yeah, information. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. It's uh, 9.34 and Brian Barnhart has the news headlines and we'll be back uh, right after that and uh, start our open line up until 11. Back on uh, Penny for Your Thoughts, I'm Jim Turpin. Uh, we're taking your calls up until 11 o'clock on an open line. And Stan over in Allerton is uh, first. Good morning, Hello, Stan. Jim. Good morning. Uh, your music's playing over me. No, it isn't. Just go your, ahead and talk. Your music's playing over me, Jim. There you go. <laughs> you could, hey, are uh, you there? Stan, if you would uh, come on and uh, and ask a question or something instead of making uh, comments like that, we are uh, we have uh, know how to run this program, I think. We play a little. Okay. Uh, we play a little music. You don't have your radio on, do you? No, I don't. I'm listening to you on my phone right now. Okay, go ahead. Well, what's up? Okay. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> um, you, I, you had a call stringer this morning. Did you want me to talk about the kneeling situation or the Jones Act? I do not have a call screener. Uh, go ahead and talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. All right. Let's talk about the the kneeling at the game. <clears throat> The uh, kneeling at the football games started after 9-11. It started as a, a uh, statement, if you will, of the NFL of solidarity for the United States and support of uh, the victims of 9-11. Uh, 
and that's when the players were encouraged to uh, stand or take a moment of silence is what the uh, the league called it in respect for the uh, people that lost their lives on 9-11. The um, current situation with people kneeling, uh, kneeling is usually done as a sign of respect, whether you kneel to ask your your future fiancé to marry you, it's a sign of respect, whether you kneel on a Sunday morning uh, to pray to... uh, we, God we understand. Uh, what do you think about what the NFL is doing? I don't know that the NFL is really doing anything, and I think that it's fine. It's a sign of respect. It's not like uh, the the players have turned their back on the flag. They're still facing the flag. They're just making a statement. In 2015, I did a, I tried to do a study of uh, unarmed people that were shot by policemen. And in the study that I did, I had to give it up in August because the information just became so hard to get because the NRA and the conservatives have blocked the government from uh, having any kind of a uh, reliable database uh, for killings. But in 2015, when I was doing the study, uh, there were 28 people killed that were uh, unarmed, and of the 28 people, unarmed people, uh, unarmed people killed, 24 of them were of color. And for somebody to finally re- try to recognize that we have a broken legal system, as illustrated by the St. Louis area, which this year alone has found four uh, police officers uh, not guilty of killing unarmed people of color when indeed they have killed well, the, uh, the NFL the teams are uh, kneeling uh, uh, right uh, this time uh, as you know Mr. Kaepernick started this about 11 or 12 months ago and uh, the reason he was kneeling was uh, for the very reason that you're uh, talking about the latest uh, uh, incidents uh, where all the teams were kneeling or holding uh, locking harms, uh, that kind of thing, was brought on by the president uh, calling them SOBs and uh, their dis, uh, dislike and uh, distrust of, uh, of him. That's, uh, that's why it all uh, happened uh, that, that one day. Uh, uh, otherwise, well, uh, you know, uh, Kaepernick did this uh, several months ago and uh, the teams didn't start kneeling. They didn't kneel until the president said that. So there's plenty of other things to talk about, and uh, we spent two hours on Monday talking about that topic. We can still do that if you like, but the thing that interests me the most today, and I'd like to hear your opinions of this, is one of the biggest crackdowns on the corrupting role of money in college basketball. Ten men, including four assistant coaches, have been charged with using hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes to star athletes. This is a federal probe now, including the FBI and not the NCAA. That makes all the difference in the world. This uh, could turn out to be one of the biggest college basketball scandals ever. The investigation is not over. They've indicated that. Others uh, could be charged. And uh, in a lot of cases where people are arrested and 
They're facing prison sentences and so forth, and they have options uh, if they will uh, talk about uh, uh, some of the other people are doing this uh, same kind of work or give them up some names, uh, those kinds of things, uh, then uh, this may branch out. We've always known that there was a lot of cheating going on. The NCAA must have known it too, but they just didn't have the power that the the uh, feds have or the FBI has. They, they couldn't uh, wiretap. They didn't have subpoena power and all those kinds of things. That's why in the last uh, three years they're able to, to do what they did. And uh, what they did was uh, arrest 10 people, including a top uh, Adidas executive and four assistant coaches. They were charged uh, Tuesday, yesterday, with using hundreds of thousands of dollars in bribes to influence star athletes' choice of schools, shoe uh, sponsors, agents, and even tailors. The coaches were Chuck Person of Auburn, Emmanuel Richardson of Arizona, Tony Bland of Southern California, and Lamont Evans of Oklahoma State. And Lamont Evans uh, worked for the current Illinois coach, uh, and uh, Brad Underwood. And we don't know, the University of Illinois uh, has issued a, a statement saying that uh, they were watching with the rest of the country as the, the news unfolded yesterday regarding alleged corruptions in corners of major college uh, basketball. We have continued to monitor the situation and are not aware of any information to suggest involvement in today's allegation by any member of our men's basketball team. We will support any and all efforts to ensure the integrity of this great game. And that's all we know about that. And what this means uh, is that these uh, 10 people that have been arrested are facing probably a jail time. Innocent to proven guilty, I understand that. But uh, two schools were not specifically named, but they, there was enough detail in the, the investigation and what they handed out to the public to identify those two schools as Louisville and Miami. And, of course, uh, the problems that uh, Rick Pitino has had down in Louisville are piling up on him, and I think uh, there's a good chance that uh, his uh, reputation and future are in question. The federal probe specifically named uh, Louisville. It's a 949, 67 degrees, a little cooler than uh, most of the uh, uh, this time of day that we've been reporting to you all week long. Feels pretty good. We'll take a break. We're coming right back. Phone lines open at 356-9397. Text me at 3515357. And if you have a question or a comment, let me know after I take this quick break. We're back on a penny for your thoughts. We have an open line going until 11. We're at 356-9397. Our text line is 3515357. Here's a couple of uh, texts that have uh, come in. 
a couple of them are for uh, uh, Chapin that people had a chance to uh, think about this. One says a family member, an engineering Iowa grad, they called and uh, kept in contact with her and made her feel wanted. The Illinois visit was, yes, you'll get in, but uh, they were rather aloof if, uh, if you want to attend. They didn't uh, urge you on much, evidently. And another, where does the new College of Medicine fit in, you're thinking, with the University, with the University of Illinois and the expansion you were talking about? That's from Eric in uh, Champaign. So we'll pass those along to uh, Chapin. And on the uh, topic of uh, the basketball scandal, uh, this person, uh, Eric, uh, also from uh, Champaign, says Rick Patino was expected to be fired as soon as today. You think Illinois could be impacted by Underwood's assistant at Oklahoma State? We don't know enough about that to know uh, anything other than uh, what they have told us. He's one of the people that have been arrested. Uh, don't know exactly uh, what he did. Uh, I have no idea between the relationship between he and Underwood. Uh, so, no, I can't uh, answer that question now. We'll have to uh, wait and see, I guess. But this is uh, a business about uh, Patino. During his time at the Louisville, the the basketball coach there has survived multiple scandals. I don't know if he's going to get through this one or not, or the caller or the uh, person who wrote the text may be right. He could be fired, and it might be very soon. Who knows? In 2010, he testified in a federal extortion trial involving Karen Cipher, who went to prison after trying to get money and gifts from Protino in exchange for silence. In 2015, the NCAA launched an investigation into a sex-for-pay scandal organized by former Louisville assistant coach Andre McGee that could force the Cardinals to vacate their 2013 national title and dozens of victories. For that, Patino serve a seven-game suspension this season. This all came after the school, hoping to sue the NCAA and to temper the sanctions, self-imposed a 2016 NCAA tournament ban. Despite all this, Patino kept his job. But what was revealed yesterday, if true, seems insurmountable. The FBI had arrested four prominent basketball assistants, as we uh, told you about from Oklahoma State, Auburn, Arizona, and USC, following an investigation surrounding this corruption scandal. And the documents from the investigation cite an arrangement between an unnamed Louisville staffer, a high-ranking Adidas official, James Gatto, and others to funnel $100,000 to a family to recruit to a recruit who committed to the university over the summer. Shortly after the agreement with the family, the player was reached in late May and early June. The player was to publicly say he is committed to the university. The documents from the FBI's investigation stated that Louisville revealed on Tuesday afternoon that is the unnamed University 6 
named by the FBI. Louisville is committed to ethical behavior and adherence to NCAA rules, says the interim president, Gregory Postel, said that in a statement addressing the FBI's investigation. Any violations will not be tolerated. Patino is not named in the federal documents, but he's the sullied leader of a program in the FBI's crosshairs. If the FBI's allegations are validated, Louisville has only one option, remove Patino and the athletic director, Tom Jurich. Patino is facing a federal organization that puts people in prison. That's why his latest problem trumps the previous incidents tenfold. So what did Patino have to say about this? He says, these allegations come as a complete shock to me. If true, I agree with the U.S. Attorney's Office that these third-party schemes initiated by a few bad actors operated to commit a fraud on the impacted universities and their basketball programs, including the University of Louisville. Our fans and supporters deserve better, and I am committed to taking whatever steps are needed to ensure those responsible are helped accountable. But the FBI and the United States Department of Justice have come to clean up the sport and the mess made by Louisville and other programs. And uh, June Kim, the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, made it clear in his news conference that his office is coming for anyone attached to the pay-for-play scandal and will continue to pursue additional indictments. It's better for you to call us than for us to be calling you when we're ready to charge you, he said. So it's going to be big. The news is next. More open line after that on WDWS in Champaign-Urbana. Welcome back to our number two of uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. The phone line is open at uh, 356-9397. The Castle Heating and uh, Cooling text line is 351-5357. A little bit uh, surprised that uh, a lot of you haven't uh, uh, caught on to uh, what's happening in the basketball world and uh, Thought we'd have a lot of conversation about that because this uh, this is a biggie. But uh, we can talk about other things as well, as you know. On an open line, we talk about all kinds of things. So if you have a question or a comment or something that uh, you would like to add, just uh, jump in at the 356-9397. Or the uh, text line is the 351-5357. We're going to have an open line going until 11 o'clock this morning. So if you have uh, something you would like to talk about, uh, jump in. Mike is in Farmer City. Hello, Mike. Yes, I was wondering, uh, what did they ever figure out with uh, Judge Steigman? We don't hear too much about that anymore. Well, I uh, really don't hear anything about it is that uh, the investigation and the and whatever conclusion they reach is uh, is down the road a piece. It uh, nothing has happened. Uh, is why there has been uh, no nothing uh, written about it or talked about it. Because when I had him on here uh, last week, I asked him about that, and he said that uh, 
Uh, certain papers have been filed, uh, I guess, by by both sides, and uh, that's where we are. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Dan. You're welcome, Mike. Thank you. And we go to Mike in Champaign. Hello, Mike. Hey, Jim. Uh, you you want to talk about the basketball thing, and, and you uh, last hour kind of, you know, well, how might this affect Illinois? I think you can say that it already has. Uh, you know, I I don't remember how many years ago it was, but it was under John Gross's tenure. We had our point guard of the future, and he was a good one, Quentin Snyder, right, who had committed to us. And then on signing day, the day he's supposed to sign with Illinois, he disappeared and went to where? Louisville. Louisville. Later we find out that, you know, there's strippers at uh, at parties uh, for Louisville recruits, and they got in trouble for that. Now we find out about this. We had Jalen Tate as our starting uh, point guard. If we'd have had Quentin Snyder, John Gross doesn't get fired, I bet. We have a team that's on the upswing, and not only that, we have the top recruiting class in the nation because it sounds like you know, we we not only keep the kids who were coming, who bailed after we fired Gross, we not only keep those kids, it sounds like uh, the kid who committed after Gross was fired, he was going to come to Illinois regardless of who was the coach. I mean, he said he was sold on Illinois regardless. So you say, you know, how might this affect Illinois? It already has. We fired our coach because of it. And, you know, I know people say, hey, well, Gross, well, Gross might have won if other people hadn't been cheating. And, and I just feel bad for the guy now because he's a victim in this as well. Well, he is. And uh, you have just uh, hit on the point that I was uh, trying to make earlier that uh, we have known for a real long time that uh, cheating is going on and uh, it's going on. It's rampant. And you mentioned, uh, you know, Quentin Snyder, that might have affected uh, any number of athletes that uh, exactly. yeah. that uh, might have uh, come here. That's not to say that we're, uh, you know, completely clean either. I don't know. I, I think we are. But, uh, well, I, I think that was the problem was that Gross, Gross <laughs> was clean, and he was trying to run a clean program, and you can't compete running a clean program. Hey, one other thing I'd say on this is I hope they're going after both ends of this transaction I understand that the basketball coaches have cheated and, and that they were, you know, there's fraud involved. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that either the kids who were receiving benefits or their parents, if it was them receiving the benefits, probably didn't pay taxes on that money, on those benefits. Mm-hmm. I think there's a case to be made to warn both sides. Don't, hey, coaches, don't do this. Hey, players, don't you do this. I think there's a, a, a way to, uh, you know, get charges of tax evasion uh, on the other side, on the receivers of these benefits. And I know maybe that might not be the public relations thing to do because, hey, these are just poor kids trying to get an education. That's the way that people will learn a lesson is not to do this. Yes, and uh, families that receive uh, money uh, under the table are not likely to go running to the, uh, to the tax man and say, hey, I need to file this. Exactly. So I hope that I hope they, you know, go ahead and uh, file charges against the uh, receivers of these benefits too, because that will be a warning to players: don't you try to receive these kinds of benefits, even if they're being offered to you. It's going to be a mess, I'm afraid, uh, Mike. But I appreciate your call this morning. Thank you. All right. 
interesting to see Bruce Pearl's name come up as part of the Auburn FBI investigation. That's a text this morning. Uh, Jim is in the Thomasboro. Hello, Jim. Hi there, Jim. Hey, I got a little story uh, away from the basketball. Uh, you know. That's okay. It's, it's a bad, bad deal there, but this is some good news. Oh, well, that's uh, why we need a little good news every once in a while. Yeah. I, I uh, read in the paper this morning that uh, Todd Wilson in Rantoul Township High School is starting a uh, wall of all these students. This is some good news, Jim. Now, think about this. Uh, here's Town Road in Rantoul Township High School. These kids are 17 and 18 at the most. And he said last night we had a volleyball game, so the whole student body that came to the game wore red, white, and blue instead of purple and gold. That's their school colors. They had a student that led the uh, national anthem, and the whole student body joined in, and nobody took a knee, I don't think. So anyway, uh, uh, this is what should be done for all these prima donnas that think that they're being, you know, discriminated against and that, uh, all these guys that are taking the knee, and that really hurts me because I am, I, I said the other day, I, I am uh, ex-military, and I've served my, my time, and it just galls me to see those billionaires, I know they're multimillionaires, to take a knee and disrespect my flag and my national anthem. And this is, they could take a lesson from these kids that ran to a township high school and the administration up there that does not allow this crap. So I wanted to pass that on, Jim, and uh, I think that this, uh, like, uh, I think cool. they're doing something right up there. Really is good news. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, thank you uh, okay. for telling us about that. Uh, Bobby is next in uh, Danville. Hi, Bobby. Hello there. Hey, um, I just got to say this, Jim, that uh, if you remember, I called, I called, I called in your radio station about eight or nine months ago. I said, in my belief in God, I believe in God, and uh, and I truly believe that God allowed, God allowed. Uh, Donald Trump to be president of the United States. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah, I remember that. You think he's the devil, right? Well, I think God. I think I truly believe because I because I because I am a believer in God and I experience God's ways and I have studied God's ways that He uses us for His purpose and uh, and His purpose allowed Donald Trump to be president to reveal racism, bigotry, greed for money. All the things that uh, God stands for, he stands for love. And I truly do believe God loved Donald Trump, but to reveal this, to reveal racism and bigotry. And um, and Donald Trump had proven my point. After all the eight or nine months, he proven my point. Racism have a reason. Yeah, and, there's, uh, a, there's certainly a lot more uh, conversation about it. Uh, that's that's for sure, and that uh, that's not bad. That that's good, as a matter of fact. How are you feeling, uh, Bobby? Well, I'm 
I'm feeling pretty good, but I'm I'm glad to hear you say that that, that is good because well, I think I, uh, I you know good. conversation about uh, controversial uh, topics is uh, is good. That's uh, kind of what America is about. Uh, depending That's if you right. depending on whether you do it in a uh, you know in a re- respectful uh, manner and uh, not uh, turn uh, protests into riots, uh, as uh, sometimes happens. Bobby, got some other calls, but uh, thanks for uh, calling. Alan is in uh, Montrose. Hello, Alan. Hello, Jim. Uh, imagine Bruce Pearl and uh, Rick Pacino getting in trouble. Can imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, that's not really what I called about. <clears throat> Yesterday I was listening to a program, and they mentioned that uh, Chris Rock had made a comment. You know, the comedian, he's pretty rich and I know pretty famous. Chris, yeah, I know who Chris Rock is. He uh, made the comment that there's not a white man in the country that would trade places with him. Well, I'd like to trade places with him. I'd like to have all that money and the fame and fortune he's got. And I'm sure there's uh, quite a few others. Like that. Yeah, I wouldn't know why he would say that. There'd be a long line of people that would trade places with him. Well, absolutely. I mean, these guys are so far out of touch to how good they got it. If it's so bad, I always say this, if it's so bad, why don't you try to find another country that's just as good as this one? Samuel Jackson used to complain about things like that. I noticed he hasn't left yet. So people like that, if it's that bad, you don't have to stay here. We're not keeping you. Hang in there, Alan. Appreciate the call, sir. Bill is in Pasodum. Hello, Bill. Uh, good morning, Jim. How are you today? I am good. How are you doing, Bill? Well, I'm kind of stirred up about this whole thing with the basketball. I think one of the points that I haven't heard talked about much is the fact that these companies, did anybody, uh, who in the companies are going to be in trouble out of this? Well, I would, I, would, I would guess that the the, uh, the man from uh, Adidas, who was the, the top guy in, in this uh, area of the company, uh, he's in big, big trouble. Now, well, I can't, uh, yes, I believe so, too. And I think that if we look at this from that perspective, it's their corporate greed that has driven people to do bad things not saying that there was some loss in moral character to accept the bribes or accept the, but I think they're out there offering them is the reason they're taken. Well, sure. Uh, I, somebody has to instigate those uh, kinds of things, but uh, you also don't have to take them. I mean, if somebody offers no, you that, a, that is right. That is right. Offers you that, a bribe. You can say, uh, Nope, that's not the way I've been brought up. That's not uh, yeah. the way we do business. Yeah, if you're a young young kid that's a star and you've been raised in a pretty tough environment, it doesn't take many dollars to sway you. You got that right. Thank you, Bill. Good to talk to you. Quick break here at uh, 1023 at 72 degrees at the Radio Center. 10, uh, 26, 70 degrees here. The news coming up in uh, just a few minutes. You know, we can all learn from the experience of others. Mom and dad are certainly no exception. As a parent or a grandparent or a loved one, Busey offers this sound financial advice to share with your high school student or college student or college graduate. Most high school students benefit from tips to properly manage their money. 
encourage them to, uh, to get a part-time job and save for college. Use cash and debit cards only and budget. Studies may be the main focus uh, for college students, but don't let them lose sight of their finances. Avoid a financial mess by suggesting that they budget for the basics. Take timeouts to balance the checkbook and pay bills. Spend wisely. Build credit by using their cards wisely. And save for an emergency. College graduates can put their smart money habits from college to use and repay student loans. Check in on their credit. Save automatically. Enroll in and contribute to a workplace retirement plan. And continue to budget and to manage expenses. Busey Wealth Management's team of professionals can review your financial picture, no matter what your stage in life, and work with you to create a plan designed to achieve your long-term goals. Call one 800 67 Busey or visit one of their many convenient locations today. We have an open line uh, going up until uh, 11 o'clock uh, this morning. The Teddy uh, Greenstein reports in the Tribune today that the Northwestern players are prepared to make their own statement before the game at Wisconsin. I'm going to tell you what uh, they're going to do here, and then uh, you can keep that in mind when you go to the game on uh, Friday night to see if anything happens there with regard to Illinois or Nebraska. One of these days, the, the college, some college teams are going to start doing, if they haven't already in some places, doing what they're doing in the NFL. But uh, the Northwestern coach uh, spoke forcefully about the issue on Tuesday after practice, telling the Tribune, Football has every race, every religion, guys from all over the country, different shapes, different sizes, not only at this level, but as I watch my sons play, and it's the same thing there. It's a unifying force that, to me, has an opportunity to take the lead. I'm just really disappointed with the leadership that is being demonstrated now. We need people in leadership roles to bring us together as a society not to tear us apart. He says that the Northwestern will come out and lock arms on their way uh, to the field at Wisconsin. It is uh, 10.30, and uh, Brian Barnhart has the news headlines. Back after that with more Open Line. Welcome back to uh, Penny of Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. I'll be here until 11 o'clock this morning with an open line at 356-9397. The Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 3515357. A couple of texts came in. Bill says, Bobby never wants to mention that out-of-wedlock births on the African-American community has risen from 15% in 1960 to 75%. Maybe that is the cause of so many problems. And uh, according to that guy, a woman who wears a short dress is the cause of rape? Question mark. Unity and solidarity to what? This is a response looking for a cause. The president has stated that his problem is with disrespect and not race. 
Well, as you heard on the uh, newscast, uh, several uh, people are reporting that both the athletic director and Rick Pitino were fired at Louisville. But uh, we'll wait for confirmation on that. But if several people are reporting it, it probably is true. And uh, just to finish up on this, uh, what Northwestern decided to do, locking arms when they entered the game, not uh, during the national anthem, the president tweeted that standing with arms locked is good. Northwestern safety Kyle I'm not sure exactly how to say his name. It's Q-U-E-I-R-O. I'll call it Quirrell. Uh, said the Wildcats will do it to show we're one unified group. We all believe in equality. And the coach, Fitzgerald, made it clear that his players reserve the right to express themselves in bolder fashion before Northwestern's next game, October 7th, against Penn State. The Wildcats do take the field for the national anthem at all home games. Last year, several Nebraska players did kneel during the anthem. So we'll watch here a Friday night and see if uh, some of those players are still on the team. I don't know. And Fitzgerald said, I fully support our guys. Our guys are special. I think they are the leaders of tomorrow. Asked if he might kneel, Quero told the uh, Tribune, it has definitely been on my conscience and I'm probably not the only one. The only thing I worry about is that I don't want to be a distraction. The pros and cons are something I will have to analyze on my own before deciding. His Facebook page includes video of Spurs coach Greg Popovich pointing criticism of Trump and a picture of A's catcher Bruce Maxwell, the son of an Army veteran who became the first Major League Baseball player to kneel during the anthem. Quero said, it looks like the message is being overlooked. The protest is not about the national anthem and the flag. For example, Rosa Parks was not protesting the public transportation system. She was protesting America and the racial inequality. Asked about any interactions that he has had with the police, the New Jersey native said, I've done my research and understand what rights I have I've been parked at my girlfriend's house in Allendale, New Jersey, just sitting outside, and two cops come up and ask me to get out of my car. Legally, I don't have to, but I did oblige and try to make things cordial. That's how it is. And we go to the phones for Tony in Champaign. Hi, Tony. Hi. How are you, Jim? I am good. What's up, Tony? Well, I'd like to um, comment a little bit on Chapin Rose's uh discussion this morning about uh, colleges and, and community colleges and how they work together and so on. Okay, so, I uh, uh, wish you would have called Chapin. He was looking for some calls. but uh, Yeah, actually, I, I tried uh, after, shortly after but uh, and tried his office. But anyway, let me just say a few things and I'll get off the line. Sure, go ahead. Uh, I, I taught here at the U of I for a lot of years, and I could agree with the comment he made that the U of I is a great place if you're uh, if you're qualified and have your interests narrowed down enough so that you can get in, and, of course, you have to need the grades. Now, uh, I do also want to make the point that I have uh, three grandchildren in California right now that are all people that uh, are not going to be going to uh, university there, I don't think, because they're 
grades would not support that, I don't think. But they are all uh, have backgrounds related to trades, and in particular, uh, or or non non degree uh, kinds of programs, but or community college programs. And uh, uh, in in one case, they actually in California they have a one of the daughters was interested granddaughters was interested in doing becoming a court recorder. And they actually have a community college out there that kind of specializes in that. That is, it has other things, but it's one of the few places you can go to actually get. I was going to say, I, I, I never knew there was a place where they specialize in that. Yeah, yes. And, and anyway, and I don't know that they have any others out there, but that's kind of, they're, they're in, California does have colleges that tend to specialize in certain areas. They, they give full programs, but they, as, as they're, they're the place you need to go if you want to do a certain thing. Right. So... Now, uh, they, uh, 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 the program works very well. It's, uh, unfortunately, she has to drive uh, uh, back and forth about 50 miles each way uh, to, to go to that school, but uh, it, it's something she can do. Uh, I have two other uh, two grandsons in this case that I think are also in the same category. Uh, they're having struggling right now trying to find, uh, they're in the community colleges, but don't really have narrowed interests yet. And uh, I think they will be in the trades, but I, uh, it's one of those things where it's hard to get convinced students that that might be the best thing to do. They want to, of course, finish a, uh, a college program, and that's because that's what they think that they should do. Uh, but that really doesn't work for them. So I, uh, they, they, I hope they find that, but a lot of our students that go to college really uh, belong somewhere else, and I think there's a certain stigma associated with the trades in particular that it's not something the parents uh, look for immediately or the students look for immediately. And I, I don't know what can be done about it, but, but we need I, a lot I, more trades people in, in the country. I, I, I think so, too, and I believe, I believe that's uh, what uh, Chapin uh, said today. That, that, uh... Yes, I, and I, I really support what he's what he's trying to do there, uh, so that, that uh, that's a great thing. So that's about all I wanted to say. You know, uh, Tony, as you were saying this, I want yeah. to tell you something I think is a, akin to what you were saying, but is totally unrelated. If you can, <laughs> maybe you'll yeah. understand. Yesterday, I went to uh, to buy some uh, some shoes. I went out to a Body and Soul. I need a new pair of uh, sneakers. I knew exactly what I wanted, and I went to the guy and. Uh, he brought them out, and I tried them on, and uh, I paid him, and I left. Now, if I'd have gone in there and not had any idea of what brand I wanted, what size I wanted, or anything else, it would have taken me a real long time. That's like trying to find a college. But the people that know what they want and uh, know what, uh, you know, some people say, well, you don't have to decide. And you don't have to decide if you go to a four-year school. Uh, you know, you'll maybe you'll change, yeah. change your mind as you go along, but... The ones that, uh, like you're pointing out, of the, this like the one that wanted to be a court reporter, that's that's good. Yes. Very good. Yes, Thank you, Tony. Right. Appreciate the call. You're, you're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. 1045, a break here. Phone lines open until 11 this morning. And uh, back the phones we go on a penny for Rick in Champaign. Hi, Rick. Hi, Jim. Um I would, was hearing your calls about people uh, going to uh, uh, trade school versus a full four-year uh, college, and I 
recall when I was still working at Channel 3 before I retired, my last year there I was doing an ad for an area community college that had an auto repair uh, course. Uh, I think it was actually three or four uh, courses that you took over the two-year time span there. Uh, And we went to an area car dealership to get some shots in the service shop. And I recall walking by the service manager of the dealership, standing there talking to the class instructor. (laughs) And as I was walking by, I heard the uh, service manager say, I don't care how many grads you have upcoming from your uh, course, I will take every one of them. So, uh, uh, and that was some years ago, so things may have changed, but um, it no, is No, I think true. that's right. You know, you'll hear uh, people all the time say, we have job openings, but I, we, we can't find anybody that's trained to do this. Right, and, right. Uh, so, uh, no, they, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of community colleges, and... Uh, a lot of people uh, don't even consider them when they say we got to go to you know this school or that school, but right. uh, they all serve a serve a purpose. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, thank you. I'm glad you called, uh, Rick. Thank you. And uh, I don't know if you uh, heard or not, but uh, a couple of things happened in addition to the the big announcement about the the scandal. Uh, uh, Scott Ritchie reports uh, late uh, last night that uh, Illinois was was shocked by all that, I'm I'm sure. But the the other thing that happened was that uh, a a quarterback uh, that we had that had committed to us, uh, Cordell Littlejohn, announced his uh, decommitment on Twitter. And uh, he said, not by choice. My scholarship was just taken away after they allowed me to commit and to post on all my social media accounts and even after I set up my official visit. After being 100% committed, my recruiting process is now back open. So please contact me if you're serious about recruiting me. Only if you are serious. I don't want to have this feeling again. It's embarrassing to have to come back and tell my family and friends about this. Little John was the second of three 2018 quarterbacks to commit to Illinois when he did uh, did so less than a month ago. The other two, Corin Taylor of Peoria and M.J. Rivers of Frisco, Texas, remain committed to the Illini. It was a very interesting uh, letter from an American sniper's wife, uh, Taya Kyle, an open letter to the uh, NFL concerning all the, the things that uh, are happening. Dear NFL, you were doing your part to bring people together and heal the world. That's really how healing works. We heal by loving each other and by leading by example, showing people what is possible when we love each other just as we are, and not only recognize our differences, but celebrate them, and look at how we can use them together to make us jointly better than our separate parts. You are doing your part, celebrating each other based on skills, talent, and a joint vision without regard to color and religion. You were doing your part, and we were doing ours. We showed up cheering and 
groaning together as one. We talked in the concession stands and commiserated and celebrated our team together. Did it ever occur to you that you and we were already a mix of backgrounds, races, and religions? We were ready, living the dream, we were already living the dream that you want right in front of you. Your desire to focus on division and anger has shattered what many people loved most about the sport. Football was really a metaphor for our uh, ideal world. Different backgrounds, talents, political beliefs, and histories as one big team together with one big goal, to do well, to win together. Will we stand with you? Will we stand with our flag? What does it mean? What does it mean if we buy a ticket or NFL gear? Does it mean we don't if they pull the opposite of the the easy togetherness we once loved in football. It was simple. We loved you, and you loved us, with all our races, religions, different backgrounds, and the politics. Simplicity in a crazy world was pretty awesome. My dear NFL, have taken that. You have lost me here. If you want me, if you want to get off your knees and get to work on building bridges, let me know. I have found Screaming about the problems on service marriages or even standing in silence in front of them hasn't healed even one of them. You have a lot of big, strong guys. I'm sure the offseason for a lot of them could build some pretty big bridges if they care enough to do the hard work. That would involve getting off their knees and getting to work, though. If I can do it while I raise two kids as their only parent and work through the greatest pain in my life, Let's see if they can do it for the issues they say they care so much about. Signed, uh, Taya. And it's uh, 10.55 here at the radio center, 71 degrees. And we have uh, the lines wide open. Uh, Gary Parrish uh, reporting from uh, CBS. It's now official. Uh, Louisville has fired Rick Patino as its uh, basketball coach and uh, the athletic director, Tom Jurich, also. So both of them have been filed. An FBI investigation into fraud and corruption in college basketball has cost Louisville's Rick Patino and Tom Jurich their jobs. That's uh, coming out of Louisville. Another person says, wait, what? Rick Patino involved in the scandal? I never saw that one coming. We'll uh, take our final break right back here, and then we'll come back. We'll have time for another uh, call or two. Back on uh, Penny, we have uh, about a minute to go here. Uh, John, you have the last word. Yeah, Jim, can you hear me? The music's still playing, but I'm, can you hear me? Yes, I can, but we're in the, about 30 seconds now. All I want to say is a president should not say that type of language because if you're looking back in the day when – slavery and everything else, SOB meant two things, and he shouldn't have said that. That enhanced the matter. We're not perfect, but he shouldn't have said it. Well, that's right. That's, uh, as I said before, that's what uh, really called, uh, caused all the, um, the incidents, if you want to call them that, uh, over the weekend. Got to go here on WDWS in Champaign-Urbana. <laughs> 